Good day, nerds, and welcome to episode 239 of the Nerd Cantina Show. I'm your host, Ken, joined by my co-host, Steve, and we're going to recap this week's nerd news. We're going to begin over an entertainment talk where we'll cover some latest in some streaming shows and some speculation around the future of DC films. Then we'll jump over into tech, discuss a little bit of NFTs and entertainment, some AI talk, and a little bit of space news. A lot to get to. Let's get started. Calling back all nerds. Nerds! All right, and episode 239, we're back, back-to-back episodes here. Uh, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, let's jump right into it here. And, you know, this week we got some, I don't know, new streaming shows to, to get after. You know, first there was a Marvel show that came out. I don't even think you watched the last Marvel show, right? You, I, you, I haven't uh, watched Ms. Marvel yet. I'm sorry. Ms. Marvel. I, did you jump? Is She-Hulk, though? I did watch She-Hulk. Okay. Uh, I did, too. I I've also seen Miss Marvel and I've kept up with all of this nonsense. Um, I don't know. She all entertaining. I'm sure you hate portions of it because you hate Professor Hulk. I also think Hulk is a broken character, but at this point in time, I guess like you get what you get. Yeah. I mean, I had no expectations of, <laughs> of them re- reviving a, an actual, Hulk. um, it, it, like at this point it is what it is like i like <laughs> i go into it knowing i'm going to be disappointed by anything large and green <laughs> yeah well ultimately i thought the show was pretty good i i, I guess i'm somewhat hopeful the show is going to just be entertaining yeah, uh, we'll see like if it's it's teetering on the fence of of having like good marvel content you know to to progress and and have develop some characters but they're also they got a little preachy they got they got they got a For little sure. preachy and i just yeah. i'm not here i'm not here to be taught a lesson like and and if they continue down that path like okay first episode pilot episode all right all right i'll take it i'll take it you know if, if we if we <laughs> yeah, keep going down character the, and yeah <laughs> their attitude and all that stuff okay if we keep going down that list uh or that route i'm i'm yeah i don't know man they just, they well, just, they always, they, it seems like they just constantly have to shit on some other character to make another character who, I don't know, play, they have to play up the, make, just make a good character, man, we'll watch it, we'll watch it, like, just, just give it, give me, just give me the meat and potatoes, like, they always, they always gotta throw in the little bit of extra, like, I don't know who they're doing it for, I'm like, <laughs> constant complaints and like i don't i don't see like yeah maybe a couple thousand people on twitter are are really excited about it but i don't know anyway i think that the funniest part is like all the headlines that that it grabbed and stuff all had to do with its end credit scene which yeah captain me, america was, fucks was, it was pretty gold like <laughs> that was it was good i like that yeah that was i good. laughed i laughed you know I, I like we'll we'll see how they take it. You know, they they changed the way that she became She Hulk from the comics. Um, I can see why they did it. I think they're going to use that that whole um, mechanism in future Marvel things. I think anything that hit, you know, if they're going to expand on on Hulk ever, I think they're going to end up having to go back to that. So I, I can yeah. kind of see why they changed it. Um, yeah, and well, I, I, in in the comics. Did she get her powers like deliberately, right? Like 
so in the comics, if I remember correctly, they have an accident and Banner gives her a transfusion to save her right, life. Yeah, he he does it deliberately to yeah. to save her is is what well, I, I thought it was. And this to me makes more sense. Because well, I don't think you can take this character and say that he's going to intentionally make anybody a Hulk when he's when this character, the way he plays it, is so reluctantly superhero, right? That the idea that he would force it on anybody else or or willingly give it to somebody else, I think, wouldn't match. I just hope it isn't a case of like, God forbid, a man saves the main female character. <laughs> Like, I, like maybe I I just think like, they're playing it more more consistent to the way I'm, I'm like give them the benefit of the doubt. Mark Ruffalo a, plays the character. I'm gonna give them which, the benefit of the doubt. Like I said, I think they're gonna try to use that that the whole mechanism of of how this happened. I think they're gonna try to use it down the, the down the line to to introduce like a Red Hulk to introduce you know a lot of these secondary Hulk characters. They're all gonna need to get Hulk powers somehow. Yeah, and I think I think that they're going to expand on this to do that um but like i said i just hope it's not a like well god forbid this we need this strong female character if we started off by her being a a victim in in banner saving her then it's just not gonna work and it's like oh jesus well either way let's see uh see how the show pans out over the next whatever eight nine weeks or however many episodes they're gonna have but, yeah, well, uh, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna bring in Daredevil. I want to see how that goes. I want, you know, like we'll we'll see how they they really play this into the MCU and build on it. You know, so I'm I'm, I'm here for it. Well, another big uh, streaming show that came out this week apparently set set records for HBO uh, as far as a premiere episode goes, and that's the the House of Dragon. Did you did you catch that one? Oh yeah, I watched that. Uh, did you? I. I did not. I don't have HBO Max. Uh, I, I'm waiting to see if this is worth me picking it up for a month or two <laughs> to, to, to watch Dragons. What do you think? I I, I, I enjoyed it. I really did. Um, production level is, is on par with the, the, the uh, original show. Um, interesting characters. They're, they're going back to a lot of the, um, the book's history. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be a really interesting t- story and, and done well. Um, did you see the like uh, TikTok video or whatever of like somebody in like I think in New York is videoing no. is videoing like a uh, a building from the, like the street and you could see through like thirty windows all the TVs are synced up to watching House of Dragons. Oh, so, really? Like, <laughs> like the like the glare from the TV and every window on the building is just perfectly synced up. To, to the House of Dragons watching <laughs> Game of Thrones. Like, that's how no. many people were watching this premiere. Yeah, I mean, it, it crashed HBO uh, Max for a period of time when it first uh, first launched. It, some people had, had troubles being able to stream it. it, it yeah, it had, me, thank God. I'd have been mad. <laughs> oh, I'd have been mad. It had some significant demand. Um, maybe maybe I'll jump in if, uh, if it continues to be so great or if I feel like spoilers are just inevitable then i then i might pull the trigger on it yeah there's no nothing you can really spoil in the pilot yet you know like they didn't give away anything you don't know <laughs> and there's dragons dragons the original show yeah you know, it took what four seasons before you even <laughs> saw a dragon damn eggs and, yeah, shit. <laughs> and even when they hatched their little baby dragons and like occasionally you saw one fly but you didn't you didn't get dragon fire fucking shit up for a while you know, this one I think is going to be a lot faster. Um, I, I I love when you get you know 
the history of a franchise you really enjoy. You know, like it, it's I I just love when they they do that. You you get you get really bought into a show, and you know you you start questioning you know why this hit like why is this like this why is this like this you know they they hint to the fall of valeria a little bit um no it's interesting like i think they're like this is going to be good all right well you know this can transition into you know one one news article and stuff that started to come out which which captured that in the month of july uh streaming services surpassed uh cable tv for the first time ever uh so you know I don't know if this is big news or, or whatever else, uh, but ultimately, you know, it just continues to show. I personally would, I think I intuitively thought that this might have triggered already, right? Like I, I, but the people I deal with, right, are still streaming, but cable still was dominant as far as having the vast market share of total viewership. Uh, and it just took until last month for streaming services for the first time ever to just narrowly beat out uh, with 34.8% of all viewing time going to uh, to streaming services or internet services and 344 uh, going still to cable. Yeah, I don't know if it's a factor of like COVID took out a major cable viewer audience. For, like, <laughs> there's, there's only a certain section of the population stream <laughs> you know and, and every day that goes by that population gets a little smaller so uh, like I, I think that has a little to do with it and not to mention like people want to watch at their convenience like I think uh, what they call it appointment television when, when yeah. you know like you, you have to watch it at a certain time like I, I think that is going out the window you know I like I like the weekly releases still that streaming does they're, they're still kind of like keeping people hooked onto the subscriptions and and dragging out like you don't get full season dumps anymore like you do but like not as much you know and honestly like the only reason why i have cable is for sports like at this point i'm pretty sure i can get by cutting the cord again i just don't want like i used to have hulu live tv and the the really shitty part of it is the delay like so when you're watching live sports I get the alert that someone scored a touchdown on my phone before they score a touchdown on my TV. <laughs> and like you think like you think like oh just put your phone away or like but it's it's really hard man. It's really hard to not to like have constantly have big plays ruined for you constantly you know like you're sitting there watching the game and all of a sudden it's like you get that alert like you know the score alert or an interception alert you're you're watching you're like a play two plays behind you know like what the fuck you know not to mention i have multiple tvs in one room i can't ever get them perfectly synced up (laughs) like (laughs) like that is it's another fucking like majorly annoying problem you know so like i i I just i'm not going to stream live tv i don't think anymore so i'm stuck on cable but the package i have to buy to watch rick and morty because they put Adult Swim on like the highest cable package. It's fucking astronomical. It's fucking astronomical. I don't like. I have to Google and check and see if they're going to be releasing the Rick and Morty's on HBO Max like weekly, or if like I'm going to have to wait for a whole season dump after the season wraps up. But I don't know if I could do it, man. What they want for cable nowadays is still fucking ridiculous, especially when we yeah. have all these streaming options and and shit like that. Well, you know, I'm not paying for it. And yeah, like I said, yeah, that's I, what we know. I, I'm still surprised. They said I'm still surprised that the total cable viewership is still, you know, up to this point was still surpassing uh, streaming service. Just because I, I, I guess I just 
envision more people uh, subscribing to that. But like you said, I think it's slowly transitioning. I, you know, I'm sure cable, you know, next month or the month after, right? July was a big month with Stranger Things coming out and a bunch of other things that maybe that's why it, it ticked up this time. But I think 12 months from now, like it, it's going to tip towards streaming and it's never going to come back. Um, the the one interesting note, though, about this 34.8%, uh, they included YouTube's numbers into it, which were significant. So if you take away YouTube, though, that that drops down another 7%, which means cable's still far surpassing Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, right? Like the actual content providers, scripted content providers. Uh, cable's still dominating, uh, you know, by... By seven percent, if you take away YouTube, so well, you still kind of have still to. You still have to count YouTube, though. Like it's still, I mean, it's online content. You are streaming sure. it. Consider it like the At public that point. I'm consider it like count how many hours people are wasting access. watching TikToks and stuff too. Well, well like, consider it like cable's public access channel. Like you, you have a channel on your cable that is local, and and you know some weirdo. Is putting a cooking show together or some shit, like you know, some like I I remember being a kid flipping through through that all the time. You get that grainy, weird talk show or whatever somebody's trying to host on public access. There's there's a lot of high production YouTube shows now. Like there really is. I mean, there 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 is. Um, people do put together good content there. Uh, I, I'm just, like I said, I, I was still a bit surprised uh, that. It just goes to show it's not so much a knock against streaming, but it's more again still just showing the strength of cable. Uh, that it, cable is still, you know, and the scripted and unscripted stuff on cable still is dominating uh, overall. But that's going to change. Uh, you know, I, I think you know cable TV in NFL season is going to go up, right? The other sports seasons in the summer and in the spring don't hold the same weight. Uh, you're also going to have you know some lulls in streaming services and stuff. I, I just think here soon. Uh, you know, twelve months from now, twenty-four months from now, whatever it happens to be, this is going to be something that's going to flip-flop, and it's never going back. And then cable's just going to continue to lose market share over time. Yeah, like it's 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 the beginning of the changing of the guard, really. Like the fact that they're this close, cable companies are going to have to to have a powwow and, and figure out what the fuck they're going to do if they don't want to lose these subscriptions. Because with this kind of news, people are going to start thinking to themselves, like, why do I need both? You know, unless you're very anal about the sink on your TV, like I am, <laughs> like there's really no, not much benefit to having it anymore. Yeah. Well, let's just uh, keep plugging away on some entertainment here, and you, we've got a an article just to discuss. We t- we talked about a couple weeks ago when DC, or last week I think when DC. Yeah, well, a couple weeks ago, more shook, Yeah, <laughs> the, the article came out a couple weeks. That, that was in our catch up show last week, uh, but. Yeah, DC and, and their complete shakeup. We talked a bit about Batman, uh, and then this week we get some some more solidifying uh, rumors around the fact that like the, the days for Robert Pattinson's Batman they're numbered. Really, it looks like Matt Reeves is still going to get his trilogy, um, but high speculation around whether it's going to get canceled. For, like all the HBO Max shows that they're going to do about the the backstory and the the rise of the Penguin and the 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 police drama that they're going to have showing all the corruption in the police, like all of that stuff built around what Matt Reeves was trying to, to create. It looks like it, it's either on the chopping block or it might've been just already chopped. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand the benefit of like letting this stuff kind of leak or if they, if they're trying to keep it quiet, they're not doing a good job because we have some pretty big DC movies coming out. And if people know they don't count 
towards anything, like what's your major motivation to get to the theater then? You know, unless you're like me and you enjoy the theater, like I actually just bought um Rogue One tickets for Friday. They're showing Rogue One and IMAX for like an anniversary. <laughs> it's my favorite Star Wars movie. And even my girlfriend was like, why are you going to see a movie that you've watched a million times at theater? I was like, man, because I, I like the theater experience. Like, I want to like, see it on the big screen again. It's yeah. been a long time. I got I nothing mean, better to do. Like, well, why, why are they putting it back in the theater? Well, because people like you, you're going to go pay, You're gonna go see it. <laughs> well, I got the A-list. I didn't have to pay for it. Like, That's true. Fucking, I just like, haven't seen a movie in a while. I want to go to the movies. You know, but like, I, I just don't see you like, you know, we got Shazam coming out. We got uh black adam coming out the flash movie's gonna get released still and it's just like yeah none of this shit's gonna matter we're gonna reboot everything like so don't don't get your hopes up like if it, like <laughs> and that's the thing it's like what if it's good the first Shazam was good they're making another one like that i just i just don't understand the long-term plan because they purposely announced that they were they were revamping everything like that wasn't a leak yeah. that was like a you know, a calculated move on their part. So, like, where the fuck do we go from here? Well, I mean, we're going to find out, but you know it's going to be a slow draw, especially if they're going to still make the movies, like what's speculated, that they're still going to finish out a a trilogy. But, you know, whatever their Faggy-like, you know, showrunner going in the future is not going to be anchored to building off of Matt Reeves' thing. So, they're essentially going to have to let it die or start anew uh, with whoever's going to be the main showrunner of DC's future. So, you know, they're still going to make it. Like, we'll see what's going to happen, but it's going to trickle out over the next couple of years and we're just going to get more and more rumors along the way. If I have a whole nother multiverse I have to follow and figure the fuck out, it's going to be a little too much for me, man. <laughs> they are going to have, you know, like, what, five Batmans in a movie together? <laughs> the I don't know. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what they're going to do you know that flash movie was supposed to what break the multiverse to some degree and bring in like the michael keaton batman rumors are like that all got cut now who knows yeah like that's what i mean like people are gonna go see these movies out of like just sheer curiosity you know there's i i i I think the hype of like getting dc back on a track is is gonna be gone you know like nobody's gonna go in with like this is the movie that's gonna get everything back going and we're gonna build from here no you're not like that's what we know they said they're not so i I, yeah they they we'll see how long it takes them to release like a phase one plan like marvel does because you know they're just gonna have to come out and say okay this is what we're doing we're gonna do this movie this movie this movie ultimate leading up to the first justice league movie you know that they're gonna do with the new phase i i, I don't know man i it's, i truly feel bad for like hardcore dc fans like it is so shitty and if they weren't such a plebe audience i wouldn't laugh at them as much <laughs> but <laughs> But they are, so you kind of get what you deserve. All right, well, let's uh, let's keep plugging along here. We got a little more just in our entertainment to to talk about, and that's PlayStation getting hit by a five point nine billion dollar lawsuit uh, for allegedly ripping people off uh, on on digital games. And this lawsuit is is being brought against Sony. It's really more of like a monopoly antitrust type lawsuit, uh, claiming that the thirty percent commission fee that they charge on all digital purchases throughout the uh specifically the uk playstation store but playstation does this across the board but they're being sued in uk uh 
and saying that they're the fact that they don't allow any other marketplaces or any other way to to purchase games or add-ons or anything else, and they get a thirty percent commission regardless of anything and everything that that is purchased through their digital store. Uh, that that is anti-competitive. It is price gouging by having such a high commission rate, even though it's kind of standard. Like Steam charges the same, just about everybody charges the same 30% fee. That's what Apple was charging in the App Store. Um, but this lawsuit is attacking Sony specifically. Uh, and the speculation is it could have a ripple effect across all those other marketplaces and stuff that have very similar practices to what Sony has if they win this lawsuit. Yeah, I don't understand how this goes through and, and how they, they win it. Cause just like you said, Apple Apple does it. Like it's in I wasn't Apple sued for the same thing and they and They were? They they you know, they got away with it. So like, I don't think they got away. I thought that lawsuit hasn't fully closed up. Yeah, maybe like I don't know. Like I like so maybe that lawsuit isn't done and it's looking like there might be a decision on Apple for the same thing. So now they're just going to start filing suit with every major kind of company that does this. I mean, we, we've said digital is a fucking scam from the jump off, you know, with, with Sony locking people out of their accounts and losing all their games. And the fact that you don't truly own the game, you're basically just leasing it. And at any point, if... Sony wants to pull the rug and not provide, you know, a server for that game or provide or do updates or, or whatsoever. Like you were just at the whims of these companies, you know, if, if you have a obscure old game that you like to play, like good luck, man. Like at, at any point they could just say, yeah, we're, we don't give a shit about this game anymore. Oh, you like playing it? Yeah. We don't give a fuck. Yeah. I mean, it's, it would like, it would be very good to see some level of competitive advantage uh, or, or competition that takes place between companies to, to reduce this. Uh, so the only way that happens is if somebody wins some kind of major lawsuit that forces other individuals to, to be allowed to sell software uh, to these other devices, right? So hopefully that gets approved. I think that would be in the consumer's best interest. Um, but I, I guess there's there's really no incentive for, for Sony, Apple, Steam, pick a company uh, to do this, to to reduce their fees, to reduce their commissions, and to allow competition. Well, I mean, so if if it if it creates some kind of like law that just states that at the base model of every game made, you need to have like some kind of version that will always be playable. You know, like like I, I could put it in a fucking Nintendo cartridge in that goddamn machine; it's gonna play the same way it played on day one. You know what I mean? Like fucking thirty years later, like we could boot that shit up and it's gonna it's gonna play. You know, so I just I think that that was the standard for so long and we're moving so far away from that. So it's like you have you have even physical copies of games that if you put the disc in, if you don't have an internet connection, you still can't play it. Yeah, you still can't play it. You know what I mean? Like that's that's kind of a fucked up system. That's like a really Yeah. I, I don't know if there's gonna be a solution to that and I don't Actually, I don't want to expect one. Uh, I, th- I think that that's uh, that's something that we've just relinquished control over. Uh, so that way, we can get from games that fit on discs to these eighty gigabyte download games uh, that are d- so expansive. Like, but you lose you lose control, you lose that physical ownership, and then it requires regular capability to update and and maintain. Uh, I don't know that that standard to play. Yeah, like I said, if it if it creates an incentive to to just have the base model of a game after you know after that 
you know, we're, we're not going to update it. We're not going to do whatever, but you know, it shouldn't need it. You could still play this, this section, this, you know, I don't know. Like we, we, you, I can definitely see both sides of, of this story, you know, like Xbox had to, had to run the Halo 2 servers for how fucking long because there was just like a group of guys that wouldn't shut off their Xboxes so they could shut down the server and it's like <laughs> that stuff costs money and I get it like nope if nobody's playing the game and the money the game is you know running the game is losing money it's not profitable like a company shouldn't be forced to to do that but that's for a certain section of the game and it's it shouldn't be the whole game you know that like you you still could play Halo's two campaign if you wanted. You just couldn't go online. So I think there needs to be at least a a standard set that says, okay, look, people are paying a lot of money for these games. You're paying like seventy bucks for a game nowadays. You know, for that seventy dollars, I should be able to to have a guarantee that you know I'm going to have access to this game for you know the the longevity of my system. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, I, I just I. Don't see a way forward for that to happen, but yeah, maybe we get it eventually. By the way, let's uh, let's move on from from this story. We've got a crossover here from our entertainment to what we normally consider kind of our tech and starting at the tech, which is NFTs or crypto or whatever else. And uh, we've got an article coming out of Variety that's all about how Fox is investing millions. Uh, in the article, they talk about the the, the head of this division for Fox saying uh, that. They're committed to spending $100 million in NFTs and blockchain technology. Uh, and this, to me, is a pretty kind of progressive and uh, innovative way that Fox is looking at it. They're not saying they're going to spend $100 million on existing IP and you know, like buying up board apes or in any way doing any kind of like speculation across what the NFT market is. Uh, but, they're gonna, but they're spending significant money in building out the ability to connect with audiences through through NFTs, selling NFTs that are tied to episodes of shows, selling NFTs that are tied to full series. Uh, they, they recently developed a, uh, a, a series and sold a 10,000 chicken uh, PFP type uh, project that by being an owner of it, it gives you certain access. And even if you collected a certain amount of them, that they would take your likeness and they would put you in the show, uh, like different levels and tiers of things that you can do through the ownership of these NFTs. Uh, so to me, this is this is just one of the fun parts of of NFTs and at what people can do to adopt it. And you know, they stuck with like the 10k model, but there's no reason why you have to even stop at 10k. You could do this at a bigger scale and a cheaper price to to get your community bigger and get more supporters the the capability of saying they own a piece or whatever else. Uh, but it looks like, you know, a, a major studio Fox and uh, some, some pretty big developers building out these shows are doing it with NFTs and the, in the forefront as a way to just connect, make a little money, build communities and do things. Well, I mean, right now the, all they've really done so far with like NFTs is I have a, a really, shitty batman nft and a shitty spider-man nft that i can't transfer to a wallet i can't right sell it i can't basically they gave me a jpeg on a shitty blockchain that can't be moved like and if that's what you're gonna do with with this type of technology i'm good save your money like, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm all right on that uh i looked at my batman nft the day i got it and have not ever went back to it since because what the fuck am i gonna do with this thing you know it's it's it reminds me of like back in the day when they used to give you like a, a free wallpaper 
for your desktop. <laughs> like, like, thanks, pal. Uh, I, 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 you know, so if if they expand on on what they're using it for and it becomes a an actual commodity, like okay, like that's uh, it's a step in the right direction, and and that that might be able to to generate some buzz around it. But if it's just uh, I'm going to give you this NFT to say I gave you an NFT and it really doesn't mean shit and it's not going to do shit, then fucking what what do I care? Like I'm not impressed. Just save your fucking money. Yeah, and but Fox again, they're they're having a more legitimate approach towards uh, towards the way uh, they're doing these. So you know they're selling their NFTs on the Ethereum blockchain. You can trade it on OpenSea. Uh, it, it's very much just like. The NFT experience, but the the difference yeah, is I'll believe is, it when like, I see it. I'll believe it. <laughs> crap, crap! They they have a show called Crapopolis, uh, which is you know it's similar like to other Fox Animation Studios, you know the, the Family Guys and uh, Bob's Burgers and everybody else that that they do similar in that that kind of vein. But it's it's a it's some kind of animation show where they're they're doing a parody on like Greek culture. Uh, and they sold these NFTs as, as a part of it. And like the show doesn't come out until 2023, but they've sold these NFTs that are tethered to it. And it's very clearly Fox in Fox animation, right? The branding is on the NFTs. Uh, it, it's all tied to it. Like I said, it, they're, they're doing it in a way that is still true to the community, just as backed by a major studio. I, like to me, this is, it's a different approach than like what Sony did. Uh, and AMC partnered and did all the stuff for the movies. And uh, it's just different. It's, it's definitely closer to what people in the NFT community expect, I'm I'm actually like like we we, we kind of know that this progression is coming, right? Like if if companies want to really expand and in, into this this network, like you know these things kind of have to happen. I'm actually still shocked that we're about to enter another NFL season and not one team has converted their season tickets or any kind of ticket stubs into NFTs yet. Like I'm, st- I'm still I, shocked that we're we like no concerts, no like we have yet to explore into that, and and honestly, that's it's going to be a multi-billion-dollar. So kind Dallas of Mavericks like did it last year. Did they? Um, I don't I don't remember hearing Mark, anything. Yeah, about Mark that. Cuban is Mark Cuban is all about the, the NFT and crypto space. Well, and it he, makes sense. He he sold uh, he sold Dallas Mar- Maverick tickets. They still were paper tickets, but they had a, a claimable NFT version of the tickets that went along with it that like he described as as a collectible that like if you're at the game that somebody breaks a record and you you have that collectible maybe that's worth something maybe it's not worth something to anybody else but it's worth something to you it's just a verifiable like hey so this, i was there that's a, that's a little different than like what i think the future nfts for sports is because that's more like what fox is doing like hey come to the game get a free nft like right. but you're you talking about retail market that, you can still like that. sell that paper ticket and dallas mavericks aren't getting shit for it and I, I think that's just a, a step towards it, and then eventually it's just going to be a QR. It's just going to be the the QR code or the ticket. QR code, yeah. Sim, similar An like, NFT with a QR code on it. You know, like yeah. yeah. And like the all these NFT conferences that take place all over the place, they're they're. Tickets to get into the conferences are normally just NFTs that you have to verify with your wallet to, to get in, right? But that's very much inside the, the space. And I think that becomes more adoptable. But like the infrastructure yeah, the is only, already there. The only thing that makes sense to me is why they haven't yet is is uh, fear of like mass adoption for 
wallets, right? Like, yeah, there's there's a ton of 50, 60-year-old dudes that have no, I, I was gonna have say. no fucking wallet. You right. know what I mean? So I think wallet adoption should be their first kind of like, you know, you can one season giving away NFTs to the first 5,000 entries in like, put a QR code at the gate to scan, to download, you know, like partner up with MetaMask, partner up with Coinbase. Like fucking there are stadiums named after these companies, crypto.com. Like there's no Staples Center anymore. You know what I mean? Like, so how are these companies not at least starting a mass wallet adoption program so that in three years you can start, you know, um, converting all season tickets and nfts all tickets will be nfts you have to have a wallet in order to go to the game like i mean you have to download like the mlb app if you want to if you want to swap like your digital tickets like there this isn't like a new thing you know what i mean like anytime anytime somebody's called me up and said hey i'm not going to the game today you you want the game they send you an email you got to download the mlb app you 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 get your ticket transferred right there and then you can you can upload the ticket to your apple wallet or google wallet whatever but still like that hasn't stopped anybody from downloading the mlb app and doing what they have to do to get their fucking tickets yeah and like I said, it just takes time to adopt these things. You can't roll it out today and expect it to not alienate some of your your fan base and everything else. I think like Dallas Mavericks' approach of starting it with collectibles that, that everybody can claim it's it's a is a good start. It's a good kind of uh, entry. I mean, we'll see where it expands from there. Yeah, we we still need as a society to get to a point as a society where everybody has a you know a digital wallet. Once we get to that point, I think it's on, but. I wonder what the percentage of people that have a have a wallet are like in the population. Like, what is the exact percentage of people that actually have a crypto wallet? You know, out of out of total Americans. Yeah, I'm sure it's pretty low. I'm saying under over under over eighteen percent. Yeah, I think that's probably high. I, I, I you, you're going under. I don't know. I think eighteen's a good a good. Vegas number, like I don't know, like it, I would lean towards under, but it wouldn't surprise me if twenty percent of the population actually had a crypto wallet. I just, I just tried to do a quick search to see if I could find something <laughs> that, would, that would narrow this down. Um, and I I think the the highest number I, I've seen was towards the end of last year, twenty five percent roughly is uh, is what some of these articles are saying, and. Another one says thirty-one percent say they own crypto, uh, but I think that that's a misnomer, right? Like owning crypto in Robinhood is not the same as having a digital wallet. Owning crypto, no, it's not in, exactly in the same, things, but it's kind of like it's, it, you can't get a ticket to a game on your Robinhood no, portfolio. And you can't right? get it you on Coin, or you it. can't get it on uh, Cash App because you could buy Bitcoin or, on Cash App. So, like, you can own or crypto even like on Cash App. Any of these centralized exchanges, like. You know the the infamous Voyager or D- Gemini or Kraken, right? Those aren't digital wallets either. Um, so it, I think it's way lower uh, when you talk about the people who have like well, actual. And, and, and are they just counting wallets. up? Are they just counting up the number of wallets on a blockchain? You know, because I have like four wallets. <laughs> you know, so yeah. like maybe they're like, just going off people's tax returns that claimed crypto because everybody's well, then, no, very honest. Everybody's very honest. Government don't need no shit. All right. Well let's move on. We got a little more 
NFT news to get to before we wrap up this portion. Um, but it's just a interesting kind of moment we hit this week with uh, nearly $55 million worth of board apes got liquidated. Uh, and what that means is there is a, a DAO called the Ben DAO that gives Ethereum loans uh, and they, they do it collateralized by NFTs. So people can take loans out against a board ape or against a crypto punk. Uh, and it's collateralized if your board ape was worth, you know, 110 ETH, they'll give you a loan for 40 ETH, 45 ETH, whatever their loan to value ratio. It's, it was generally like less than 50%, uh, of, of the, the value or the floor price at the time. Uh, and, the board ape price dipped low enough uh, to where, like as of right now, we are we are within a fraction of of a percent of the floor price getting to the liquidation price to where Bendow then starts auctioning out those auctioning off those people's board apes because they are over collateralized uh, and and their assets are no longer worth the value of the loan. Yeah, I mean, th- th- this happens in in regular stock trading all the time, right? You know, like you leverage your stock, you take out a loan, stock price dips, the bank puts her hand out and says, "Hey, you need to come over." The- this is like this is like a play on the big short, right? <laughs> like- yeah, and to me, like this is just fascinating because one, the board ape floor price continues to fall, which whatever that that's insignificant like to me like the floor price it's just going to continue to fluctuate it's hard to derive real value from it so of course it's going to move up and down especially as crypto prices move continuously up and down uh it's going to be very hard for board ape to always justify being at 100 plus eth um that's not the story to me the story is like it's just interesting that human beings and the speculation market of financial markets like we will turn anything into a financial market like we created a very unique and mature financial market around the speculation of board apes that included collateralized loans and lending uh and now the potential of of liquidations and real-time auctions uh to to purchase out these collateralized assets like it it, it's just well to to me it's it's like the the need like i wonder how far back in human history gambling goes <laughs> you know what i'm saying all like, the way back like that's what <laughs> i mean like <laughs> all like the way were there were there people like flipping stones in caves for berries back in the day like like i i think that as humans we have this like need for you know games of risk or or whatever like it, it just it plays too much on that you know to to not think that we have this kind of like embedded in us in our dna it's like instinctual almost to like want the quick come up or like need that dopamine rush of adrenaline and and in things from game like i this this kind of like it it is quite fascinating how we will just take anything and and leverage it to try to to gamble or make money off of it like I mean, I remember being in high school and, and being at parties and doing hundred dollar coin flips just like, like, just cause you just love that rush, man. Like I've, I've seen, I've seen motherfuckers lose like eight, eight, nine hundred dollars on coin flips in one night. And it's like, and it happens in like five, 10 minutes. <laughs> and somebody, somebody's leaving a party mad. I used to laugh all the time. That hurts my soul. Yeah. Like right before, right before, uh, like during like the college Christmas breaks and the high school Christmas breaks, you'd have all these like big parties and everything. And some stupid motherfucker would walk in with their Christmas bonus or all their Christmas gift money and they wouldn't leave with it and they'd be mad. 
<laughs> and I just remember like, like, ooh, that, that that hurts. But it's just really weird. Like, I think as as humans, we have that kind of like need to 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 do that. Not everybody has it, you know, but a large portion of this country, like, really, really, just needs that that like fix of like. You know, how could I how could I how could I risk this to make this like it's it's really weird to me yeah the most interesting part of that whole story is is a reminder that we grew up in the same home but we had drastically different parties in and <laughs> <laughs> <in> childhoods <laughs> oh that's for sure the, the few parties I threw at our home I shipped you guys out Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like y'all going you know, to spend my, a night at a friend's house. Today. Yeah, my, my parties were playing Risk with friends and Nintendo sixty four. Uh, yeah, no. so, <laughs> I converted our bathroom into a goddamn smokehouse. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move on from your glory days and uh, let's let's talk a little bit about some AI. Uh, there was an interesting article. I actually just ran into this today, uh, but a, a futurism article about. A professor who coming out of the University of Chicago that says he's got an AI software that that can predict crimes and obviously nothing bad can come about this. Yeah, I want nothing to do with this. I want nothing to do with this. It's all yeah, I so need. That, it's all I need is some cop to knock on my door and be like, "Hey, computer told us that you're about to do something really stupid. You need to come with us." Be like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> well. The the creator of this AI has stated that his software's ability to predict where and when a crime is going to occur, uh, he's predicted it between eighty to ninety percent accuracy uh, over over whatever period of time. So, so it all depends on, he's on what we're at. talking about here, okay? Because like I live in Chicago, I could throw a dart at the map and I can tell you right now someone's going to get carjacked there. Okay, like, like, is that what we're talking about here? Is that what we're talking about? Because, like, I can predict crimes. I can predict, I can predict that today someone in Inglewood's going to get shot. Hey! To me, like, this, this is, what's the accuracy level we need on this? And it's like, I, I don't know. I, I'd be very curious to see what the full data is and what it, <laughs> what it gives out. But like, you know, the, the cops who are processing the police reports in an area that that are regularly having robberies at night between midnight and 1 a.m. and whatever else like the cops know where these crimes are generally happening and around when they're happening and whatever else like do you think like this software is coming spitting out and be like, oh, well, you know, between these blocks at at midnight, there's a high likelihood of a robbery and the cops are like. Yeah, no shit. I've been yeah. called there seven times in the last ten days. Like today, someone will steal something from Target. Like okay, <laughs> like yeah. Like I'm sure their loss prevention programs quite extensive, and you're not really predicting anything. Like, like I yeah. What's the what's the bar we set for this fucking thing right now? So I yeah, I'm very curious to see to what level of data this thing. It, the article doesn't capture it. The the quotes from the the creator of it is not speaking about like the level of data, other than stating that in order to reduce bias as much as possible, it will only predict an event and a location, but it will not try to predict any of the the dynamics or 
the type of person or the person who would commit the crime. <laughs> I mean, so. I, I have been doing this with, with pretty good accuracy for a long time because I used to work at a nightclub and there'd be a dude coming in, flashing money with a bunch of jewelry and I'd just look at him and go, oh, that dude's going to get robbed. <laughs> like, like, oh, oh, 100%, that dude's going to get robbed. And I'm pretty sure I got like an 85% accuracy on any time I said that out of my mouth. Like, so... <laughs> Like, what are, what are we talking about here? <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. Apparently, some uh, some police stations and stuff are already using this software and testing it and and trying to to see if it can help them predict and prevent crime. Um, I I'm very skeptical about this, but I guess <laughs> whatever. The power of AI. Let's see. Let's see what it does. Yeah, it it, it just says it, it just. It, all it does is be like someone's going to speed today. <laughs> like, 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 <laughs> like, yeah, no shit, no shit, pal. Technically, if you're going two over, it wasn't wrong. <laughs> all right, and then our last story here. Let's uh, do a quick little space story, and we've got. Apparently, Europe is is looking at space based solar power, uh, and this isn't just Europe. Uh, the article also states that uh, that that China is in this kind of race to to capture solar energy from outer space. And the, the headline the headline kind of bothers I, me, like because I get what they mean by space based solar power, but like the smart ass like third grader and he's just going like isn't all solar power space based you dumb motherfucker (laughs) (laughs) the sun is in space (laughs) it's all space based solar power (laughs) but I get what they mean what I don't get is it how this works? <laughs> so I understand the concept that in outer space and solar receivers and stuff like that, they're unobstructed. They can get the full real kind of power of solar. I don't understand the mechanism of beaming it then down to Earth to use it. Uh, and, you know, it says that like China is close to to like testing it like an actual one gigahertz solar capture process already uh oh we get brain tumors we getting brain tumors that's for sure yeah like i just <laughs> I, I i guess i get kind of the theory um but we'll we'll see like europe is saying that they're they want to test and develop this technology to try to be zero carbon by 2050 uh and do this and it's like i I just hope, like, are we going zero carbon, but then we're just going to zap the atmosphere through, like, concentrated solar I don't don't know how that type of charging system works. Like, I don't plug my iWatch into anything. I just lay it down on this saucer, and it just gives it energy. Like, are we just going to turn the Earth into a a giant iWatch, like, and that's how how we get power from now on? I don't fucking know. (laughs) I don't, like, I just don't... It, it took a long time for people to just like give up on the fact that cell phones aren't causing giant brain tumors and things like that. Like, it's, I'm old enough to remember when cell phones first came out and everyone was like, "I ain't putting that thing up to my head." Like, right. <laughs> like, we've 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 gone a long way past that. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure microwaves were blamed for miscarriages and all kinds of shit in the early days, too. You know, but this one, I don't know, man. This one's going to be a really hard sell for me. Like, I, like I'm for sure. I'm, like, on, I'm, not- I'm on team, like, I don't know about this. <laughs> like, yeah. 
good thing is there's smarter people than us doing this. So <laughs> hopefully, uh, hopefully, yeah, it, it all works out. Smarter um, people have had good intentions and created mass <laughs> <laughs> mass chaos before. So like, I don't, I don't know if that's the uh, the uh, stance that we should just have. Plenty of smart people fuck shit up all the time. Well, there's that maybe, Chris Nolan movie coming out soon about the uh, Manhattan Project. Oh, they, I they, that, that falls right in line with all this. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to split the atom. That eh, can't go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's it. That's Weekend News. Episode 239 done. Back to back, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll be back next week with some more uh, some more nerd news and so just go ahead and join us over at the nerdcantina.com forward slash community. And uh, I don't know, stick around for next week as we, we do this again. All right. We'll be back, nerds. See you.